Thanks, John. Once upon a time, there was an old man who lived with his son, his daughter-in-law, and his four-year-old little grandson. And this old man was at the age where his hearing was starting to get a little hard. And in fact, it was to the point where you had to get up right in front of him and almost shout for him to hear you. And uh, this old man's vision was getting to the point where he could barely see in front of him who was there. And he also was at the age where he began to tremble. And when he ate at his daughter-in-law's table and it was trying to eat his soup and with the spoon, he spilled more of it on his face and down his shirt and onto the new tablecloth that he got into his mouth. And this frustrated his son and his daughter-in-law to the point that they decided to be easier and better if, if he just eat in the corner of the pantry on a stool. And so that's where they placed him. In the corner in the pantry on this little stool, he had his little ceramic bowl and his spoon and he would try to eat. And of course he'd spill, but it was easier to clean up in there than at the table. Until one day he dropped the bowl and it broke. The son was exasperated, so he found this uh, old wooden bowl at a garage sale for 50 cents and bought it instead so that his father could eat soup. And then one morning, dad was sitting at the table drinking his morning coffee, looking at the morning paper. The wife was sitting there eating her breakfast and they saw the four-year-old son was sitting there at the floor playing with his blocks and he was building and and the, the mom asked the son, son, what, what are you making? What are you building? And, and the son looks up and says, I'm building a feed trough for y'all so that I can feed you when I get old. <laughs> the parents were a little bit shocked. In fact, it shocked them so much, a, a tear began to roll down their eyes when they realized what they had done. And they went and grabbed the old man and brought him back to the table and set him at the head of the table. And they never again complained about the mess that he made. That's an old story. It's uh, one of those Brothers Grimm stories. But it's a reminder of why we're here this morning, and it ties to this scripture that we have from Exodus, from this fifth word from God to us. A word that is, I believe, challenging in its interpretation and has both a promise and a warning to the people of God and to us as well. So let's go back to this fifth word and read it again. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving to you. So we're counting down our top 10 and we're now to this fifth word. Honor your parents. We've made it to the first tablet. It's pretty good. But what does it mean to honor your mother and your father? It's pretty vague, isn't it? There aren't any conditions and set expectations on what that means. But when we look at the word honor in the original Hebrew, you know, the Old Testament majority of it was written in Hebrew, we see that it means to make heavy. Isn't that interesting? To honor means to make 
heavy. It, it has a sense of glorify or promote or prevail. And we are to, as Sean Gladding puts it, treat them as persons of great weight, as people of high regard. That, I think, encapsulates what it means to honor our parents. That's the context of this fifth word for us. And, and I remind us again that, that the context for these 10 words that we've been given was for the implementation of how a people would go from a life of slavery to a life of freedom. How they would learn to live and prosper together and with God. To keep these words was to foster life and was a way to guide them as they learned how to love God and how to love their neighbors. That's the context of these words. So how do we honor our father and our mothers? Does that mean we have to do whatever they say? Does uh, what if we have terrible mothers or fathers? What happens when we grow up? Does our responsibility to honor end when we leave their household? I think this is the challenge of interpreting this fifth word. It's important, though, to look at what this word does and doesn't say. It doesn't say that we should love our parents. Isn't that interesting? There's several Hebrew words that could have been used for love to, for this context. It could have said, love your father and your mother, but it doesn't. It says we must honor them. Now, for some of us loving our parents, it's easy because we had great parents. It's easy for me to love my parents. They're great. I love them. I, I, I respect them. Others of you, to love them would be difficult because of the pain that they might have caused you. But it also doesn't say to honor them if they deserve it. Do you hear that? It doesn't say to honor your parents if they deserve it. It just says honor your parents. It doesn't say honor your parents if they've been good. There aren't any exceptions given. So here's where the hard work, and this is hard work, of interpreting this word for us comes in. What does it mean to honor our parents? I would say... It depends. I hate that answer in general, in life. It depends, right? I would much prefer the black and white, yes, no, do this, don't do that. But here in this word, and, and oftentimes in several of these words, the answer is it depends. But I think God intentionally left this fifth word for us vague. But I do believe that this fifth word, at the least, at the least means to treat them with respect. At the least, it means to offer them the same forgiveness that Jesus has given you. That's the least, I think it says. It doesn't mean, though, that we allow evil mothers and evil fathers to continue to be evil. But it does recognize, as the ancient rabbis said, they, your parents, were a partner with God in our creation. And for that, they are to be honored. This honoring of mother and father, though, is the basis for a society to function properly. I want us to think about that. Honoring of our parents is, is a basis for a society to function properly. Have you ever known a child who doesn't respect their mother or father? They talk back or are rude and disrespectful.
When you see them do that, how does it make you feel? Now, I know some of you are a little more sanctified than me. And when you see that, you just, you just feel sorry for them. Uh, you, you feel sorry for the child and the parents. I'm not so sanctified. Uh, it just makes me angry when I see that. And, and I have this overwhelming feeling of wanting to grab the kid by the ear and straighten him up. I know y'all don't ever feel that way. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but I feel the same, though, when I see our older adults in a nursing home where they have grown children who do not take the time to visit and assist with their care. I also want to take them by the ear and maybe even show them my belt as well. See, honoring our mothers and fathers is foundational to our society and to the church as well. We don't honor people because they deserve it. None of us deserve to be honored. If we honor because someone deserved it, then no one would be honored. We honor people in order that we can have a functioning society that doesn't break down into chaos. When children don't learn to honor parents, then they tend not to honor anyone else. Teachers, police officers, elected officials, employers, etc. See, parents are the primary place where we learn about life and the home is the foundation of our society. When this is broken and honor is not given and received, then our society fractures and breaks. So I wanna go back though and ask the question again, how do we honor our fathers and mothers? Especially if they were absent, abusive, or just outright bad, bad parents. It's not easy. Again, it doesn't mean that you have to hang out with them and spend time with them. In fact, I would say that staying away from them would be honoring, it would be the best way to honor those type of parents. But it does mean you have to learn to forgive them and not allow them to hurt you anymore. Now this takes time and possibly counseling and a lot of grace from God. But if God offers us forgiveness, then we have to learn how to offer forgiveness as well. And so that's what I would say about honoring a parent, even if they're bad. It might mean taking care of them financially but I don't know, again, it depends. Where is God calling you in that? But just to shift gears just a little bit, and maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into this, but I also think this fifth word is intentionally placed in this list of 10 at the fifth spot because I believe it serves kind of as a bridge between the first tablet and the second tablet. Now, let me explain. You might have noticed that these commandments these, that we have seen so far on this second tablet, they deal primarily with our relationship with our neighbor. You shouldn't murder your neighbor. You shouldn't commit adultery with your neighbor. You shouldn't steal against your neighbor. You shouldn't bear false witness against your neighbor. You shouldn't covet your neighbor's stuff. All of these are dealing with how we live in a society and function in a society. It's, it's directly related to our relationships with our families, our neighbors, how a civil society should act and live. See, if, if these Israelites, these former slaves, 
or to have a good or even a great life, this is how they're gonna have to do it. These deal with human relationships and how we interact with our community. Now, we haven't gotten to all of the commandments on the first tablet yet, but they tend to focus on our relationship and our duty to God. Now, this is what the ancient rabbis believed. The rabbis, which were just religious leaders of the day, they looked at these 10 words and they saw how they were listed. They believed that there were five on each tablet. Some believe there were four and six, doesn't matter. But most of the ancient rabbis believed there were five words on each tablet. The first five dealing with our relationship with God and the second five dealing with our relationship with our neighbor. So why would they put honoring parents on the first tablet? Wouldn't it seem to fit more on this one? See, they believed that this fifth word, honoring your parents, was placed on the first tablet because for children, parents stood in the place of God. One rabbi stated that our parents should be honored like God is honored because all three have been partners in creation. And so it serves as a bridge between honoring God and honoring neighbor. I see this fifth word as a bridge between the two. How we honor and respect our parents reflects how we will honor and respect God and how we will honor and respect our neighbor. You see how this is connected? Our parents are like God because they were partners in our creation and they are also our closest neighbor. And this commandment, this word, is also the only one that has a promise and a threat attached to it. I want to read it again. Honor your father and mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You see it? So that your days may be long in the land that God is giving you. Now, it's not giving you a direct correlation that if you personally honor your parents that you're going to live long life. That's not the context. What's the context? The context is the community, the whole body, the church. It's being spoken to the whole community, the whole nation of Israel. If you, Israel, want to live and prosper, then you must honor your parents. It's spoken so that the nation understands that this is how a society will thrive and prosper. If you don't have this honoring, then as I said earlier, the nation will dissolve into chaos. It's foundational. That's the threat part. If this honoring doesn't happen, then you will not possess the land that God has promised you. And when we turn from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we see the Apostle Paul, he picks up this theme in Ephesians when he echoes this verse in Ephesians 6.2. He says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Paul also, though, reminds fathers just two verses down to not provoke children to anger. Both children and parents have a responsibility when I was putting this sermon together, my son reminded me of that. <laughs> it goes both ways. I think that's important. This honoring goes both ways. This respect. Now when it comes to Jesus, we see Jesus giving us some 
what could seem like some mixed signals on honoring parents. Now, we have one story. Remember when Jesus was 12 years old? He's in the temple. His parents are in Jerusalem. And then his parents pack up and, and they start heading back home to Nazareth. And, and it says that they look around with all the extended family and they see Jesus in there and they go back to Jerusalem looking for him. It takes them three days to find him. And where is Jesus? He's in the temple hanging out, right? His mom is about to have a conniption. She is just saying, Jesus, where have you been? Why would you do this to us? And Jesus says, well, I was in my father's house. Wouldn't you know that? But then right after that, it says this. Then Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and he was obedient to them. The respect, the honoring of the parents. But later in Luke, in chapter 14, we, we see Jesus saying this. Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. That's a pretty harsh word, isn't it? But we have to remember that Jesus was using a style of teaching, hyperbole, that has a different context than what we sometimes view it. But his point is that, that Jesus and the kingdom of God come first before parents and family. But that's the message of the entire Bible. That's not just Jesus. The kingdom comes first. Jesus wasn't saying anything new. He was just emphasizing the importance of this truth. And if someone gets in the way of the kingdom, you have to be intentional about kingdom living first. But Jesus still honored his parents. In fact, from the cross, remember, he made sure that his mom was taken care of when he looked at the disciple and said, you are now going to take care of my mom. See, let me end with this reminder. Honoring our mothers and our fathers is honoring God. And honoring our mothers and fathers is the beginning of honoring our neighbors. Let us pray.